On any given day, some Christians are forced to confront hard questions. Mostly, they are the hard questions that pop into our minds when something bad happens to a loved one. Why didn't God prevent my dad from getting cancer? Once in a while, much larger groups ask such questions after a tornado devastates a town or after a terrorist attack like 9-11 devastates a nation. But in the year 2020, the whole world asked these questions because the whole world had to deal with a pandemic, the appearance of the novel coronavirus now known as COVID-19. Where is God in all that we've experienced these last eight months? Today on Groundwork, we'll wonder about the providence of God in a time of pandemic. Stay tuned. Welcome to Groundwork, where we dig into scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Dave Bast. And I'm Scott Jose. And Dave, this is now the second of four programs we're doing in a very special, very specific series related to the events of 2020, chiefly the COVID-19 global pandemic, but also racial unrest and and all the things that happened, particularly in the United States uh, in the spring and early summer of 2020. So we want to... Um, bring our faith into contact and dig into scripture to think about these things. We thought about lament uh, in the first program. Now we're going to think about providence, something we've off, we've thought about a lot on Groundwork, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we did a lengthy series on the Apostles' Creed, and that begins with, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. It's right there, the idea of providence or God's sovereignty or his oversight, we might say, in the world. He, he didn't just create the world and start it like a machine and then walk out of the room and left it to run on its own. Christians have always believed that God is intimately involved in what goes on in the world and to some degree actively behind it. And those are really the questions that are raised when something bad happens, something really terrible and something widespread like uh, the pandemic that we've been experiencing. Exactly. So we're not uh, what you just described, Dave, of God uh, sort of starting the machine of creation up and then walking away and letting it run on its own. That's called deism. Uh, that's an early, early heresy of the church, the idea that God's not involved. He's not paying attention. He's just letting—he wound up the clock at the beginning of time, and he's just letting it tick down while he does something else. No, nope. we believe God's much, much closer than that. In fact, you see that reflected a lot in Scripture and particularly in the Psalms. So here, here are some words um, from Psalm 104. Four, all creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. Actually, you can hear that word in the word providence, provide. The psalmist says God provides life, and he also takes life away. When he withholds the breath of any creature, then they die. In that sense, God is intimately involved, not just with human life, but with all life, with uh, animals and plants right. and everything in the world. And now, of course, uh, there is some poetic hyperbole, a little exaggeration going on here. But the idea 
behind the hyperbole. The idea behind the exaggeration is theologically just right. God has not stepped away from this creation. God has remained intimately involved with all life. Uh, And that's been a core belief of Jews, uh, the Israelites of old, uh, and Christians all along. Absolutely, yeah. The idea that we're dependent on God and God cares for us and God watches over us, and God foresees. That's also in the word providence, to see ahead, pro-video, in the Latin root of that word. And that's a lesson, really, that Israel uh, had to learn in the wilderness, those 40 years of wandering. So here's a wonderful passage from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, that talks about this very thing. God, uh, or the Lord, humbled you, Uh, Moses says, he caused you to hunger and then fed you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams, deep springs gushing out into the valleys, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. And when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God. Otherwise, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God. So there it is. So this is Moses' farewell sermon to the Israelites, the new generation that has uh, come out of 40 years of wandering. They're about to enter the promised land at last. And so Moses is saying here, look, it wasn't too hard to remember God in the desert, was it? He didn't send down quail from the skies or give you that miracle manna every day. You're dead. But it's going to change now. You're going to bake your own bread. You're going to draw water up out of your own wells and cisterns. Now it's going to be easy to forget God and say, look what I did. So the trick of living in good times is to learn the lessons of the the scarce times uh, and to remember that everything comes from God. And so that is a key issue of the faith, to remember that the Lord our God provides and that even though he provides sometimes through us and through what we do, it's still God behind every loaf of bread you buy and every gallon of milk you buy. The Lord God provided the farmers and the bakers and it's ultimately all the Lord. Right. And ultimately, we're dependent on him. So I think we made this point in the first program in this series about when our calendars are emptied and everything we've been counting on is stripped away from us and maybe we can't even go to work. And uh, one thing follows after another. They, They all sort of tumble down on us. Perhaps one thing we could say that could be good that comes out of that is a reminder of how much really we depend on God, that we're not ultimately in control. We don't have it all figured out and uh, have no need for him. No, providence is just as real, and it's only the testing times maybe or the scarce times that remind us of this like the wilderness experience of the people of Israel. That's good news. Um, But of course, there's a flip side, Dave, that we're going to want to talk about in just a moment, and that is this. If God is in charge, if God is not absent from this world but intimately involved, 
Well, then where is God when bad things happen? Where is God when a pandemic like COVID-19 comes around? Where is God when the bottom drops out of our lives? If he's here and he's providing, then why didn't he provide to not let this virus get away from us and, and take millions, hundreds of thousands of lives and affect millions and millions of people? Why, why not, God? Those are the hard questions of providence, and we'll take those up in just a moment. glad you've joined our Groundwork Conversation. If you're enjoying today's discussion and want to download or listen again, you can find the audio podcast and transcript for this episode on our website, groundworkonline.com. Want to dig deeper? You can also find episode guides and blogs available to supplement your study. Curious about another episode or series we've mentioned? Search our episode library to find hundreds of conversations about God's Word and what it means for God's people today. Add your voice to our Groundwork conversation by visiting groundworkonline.com. And thank you. Support from listeners like you makes Groundwork possible. I'm Dave Bast, along with Scott Jose, and you're listening to Groundwork, where today we're talking about the idea of the providence of God and really the question, where is God in all of this stuff that's been happening this year in the, the pandemic and the unrest in our societies? And in the first program of the series, we talked about our response, our reaction, which is lament and ultimately trust. But also here we want to ask some of the hard questions. So we've been talking about the idea of providence as God caring for us, like he cared for Israel during the wilderness years. And we quoted from Deuteronomy. There's another passage in Deuteronomy where God says, you know, all those years, your shoes didn't wear out, your clothes didn't wear out. I fed you. I cared for you. And that's a wonderful and comforting idea. God cares for us. He gives us what we need. But then something bad happens and we raise the harder questions, don't we? If providence is real, what's going on now? All right. And there are Two kind of questions, two scenarios, and you will find a divergence of opinion among some Christians as to which of these two is true or is more true. One, assuming that God has the power to have prevented COVID-19, then why didn't he? God's it's sort of the classic problem of evil in a way, right? If if God is all good, he'd want to prevent something. If he's all powerful, he could prevent something. Something bad happened, so what, is God neither good nor powerful or one or not the other? So if God could have prevented the pandemic, why didn't he? Or a second way of looking at it is saying, well, maybe we don't need to see God as actively, actively behind every single thing that happens. Maybe in a fallen world and a world where God gave free will, maybe things do happen that even God doesn't really want, not ultimately, right? So God doesn't have to plan every bad thing that happens and actively execute it. And that is the view also of some Christians. And, of course, this is where Romans 8, 28 sometimes gets invoked. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So, you know, and some Christians read that say, yeah, God works for the good in all things, but that doesn't mean God creates all the things in which he works for the good. So what? which is it? Did God have to plan and execute COVID-19 or could it just be something that happened that God could have prevented but didn't for reasons we're not going to know why? We could sharpen it a little bit more even maybe to put a fine point on Did God send the pandemic? Did right. God send that to the world? And is he sending it for a purpose? And if so, what's that purpose? 
And there are those who would say unhesitatingly yes to the first question that God sent it. And very often these same people would say, and here's why. I happen to know why. And I think, Scott, that both of us would want to be a little more hesitant, especially in the second part of that, that we can almost certainly discern or divine the will of God in some specific event, because Scripture pretty clearly warns us off taking that approach as as if we can know. Right. Now, it's not as though God sometimes isn't behind even events that we regard as negative. Uh, And that certainly was true with ancient Israel. They were his covenant people, and when they let God down, God did allow some things to happen. So you think of a passage like Jeremiah 19. This is what the Lord says, Go and buy a clay jar from a potter. Take along some of the elders of the people and of the priests. Go out to the valley of Ben-Hinnon near the entrance of the potsherd gate, and there proclaim the words I tell you and say, Hear the word of the Lord, you kings of Judah and people of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Listen, I'm going to bring disaster on this place, a disaster that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. Yeah. So God can be behind negative things. I Um, mean, if I'm remembering correctly, didn't he smash the pot then and say, This is what I'm going to do to you, uh, Israel? Uh, So Jeremiah, he's sometimes called the weeping prophet because his sad job was to announce it's too late. We're, We're finished. Uh, God is going to really overthrow the nation, and he's going to destroy Jerusalem. And Isaiah says the same thing. There's a a famous verse in uh, the latter part of Isaiah where God says, I'm the Lord, I bring blessing, and I send disaster. So it says that he does it, but most Christians, most believers, most biblical scholars, theologians, call them what you want, have said we have to kind of differentiate. Right between what God truly wills and maybe what he allows. Uh, That's sometimes the language that we use. It's not totally satisfactory. There's no real good clear-cut way of saying this, but it's a a yes, but sort of thing. So did God send the Babylonians to punish Judah for their covenant unfaithfulness? Yes. But that doesn't mean we can leap from there to say that means every time something bad happens in the world, God directly willed it and send it. In fact, in a blog uh, that that I wrote in connection um, uh, with with COVID-19 for Groundwork um, this year, I pointed out that in the New Testament even, when people tried to make a too easy connection between event X and the will of God, they were wrong. The man born blind. Hey, somebody must have sinned Jesus to make this guy born this way. Who, Who did it? And Jesus said, nobody. Or there, once there was this tower in Siloam that fell. It was, it was an architectural collapse, fell on a whole bunch of people and killed them. And so the disciples said, so God was punishing those people. Huh? He, he, he put those people underneath that tower at that exact moment so he could wipe them out, huh? And Jesus said, no, they were no better or worse than anybody else. These things just happen sometimes, Jesus is saying. Don't make too simple of a connection. God doesn't have to be behind and isn't often behind every bad thing that happens. Now, if we push that too far, it can turn kind of scary for us. Uh, The idea that the world's out of control then, that God couldn't stop that thing, or God wasn't with me, uh, or God didn't care for me when uh, such and such a thing happened. Uh, And that's a scary thought for a lot of Christians. But on the other hand, to push too far the other way and say, oh, God, yeah, he doesn't, you know, 
he sends evil, he does bad things. He No, 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 we must never malign the goodness of God or the good character of God as though he delights in, in evil. Right. There's a mystery here, we're wrestling with it, and we have to uh, acknowledge, I think, both sides. Um, yes, he cares for us. Yes, our lives haven't spun out of control. We haven't somehow slipped through his fingers. But no, God does not do evil. He does not will yeah. these terrible things. Not directly. That's not his heart. No. God doesn't help bank robbers pull triggers of guns that kill clerks. God doesn't plop drunk drivers behind a steering wheel and then let them you know, run over a three-year-old little girl. God can intervene, and we believe he does intervene. We don't, we don't know how often because when he intervenes, bad things don't happen, and you can't talk about what didn't happen. So we believe he can intervene. We believe he does intervene, but we also believe that for some mysterious reason, he can't always intervene. And so God doesn't have to have sent COVID-19, and God doesn't need to have willed that it happened either. God's in charge in and through it all. In all things, he can work for good. He is not derailed by these things. His kingdom is still coming. God is still in charge. But that's different than saying, oh, yeah, God God did this. He executed this pandemic. And as you said, then a lot of people make the next step. And here's why. Yeah. God gave me cancer. No, we don't. We don't go that far. At least I would not go that far. All of this has been a little bit theoretical, a little bit theological. You can't help that. If you think deeply about the things of faith, you're going to face these questions. But there are some practical responses we can make, and that's where we want to go next uh, as we wrap up this program. What does it mean to be a Christian and a fan of movies, music, television, and video games? I'm Josh Larson, editor of thinkchristian.net and host of the Think Christian podcast. I invite you to join us for faith-filled reflections on pop culture. Visit us at thinkchristian.net or search for the Think Christian podcast, where we'll be talking about what it means to be a follower of Christ, even in the playful moments of our lives. You're listening to Groundwork, where we're digging into Scripture to lay the foundation for our lives. I'm Scott Jose. And I'm Dave Bast. So, again, we're talking about providence, and we can just ask the big question just right up front, where has God been in COVID-19? Where was God in the pandemic? And we could say the easy part first, Dave. He's been with us. He's been close to the brokenhearted, as Scripture says. He's been with those who have lost loved ones, who have almost lost loved ones and endured some very long days and nights of of deep, deep worry and a lot of tears. There's been a lot of sorrow in our society and in our world with people dying, with the racial unrest. A lot of people I know, including myself, have, have cried more in the last eight months than usual. And God's been there with us. That's yeah. what providence means. He's and, been close to us. And he's reminded us of that in some wonderful ways. I I think of uh, an account that I read written by a friend who really had a terrible case of the virus mm. and thought he wasn't going to make it. He was having oxygen delivered uh, to his home. And one day the delivery person who was all suited up and protected and everything, as he was walking out, happened to see a Bible And he said to my friend, is that yours? And my friend said, yes. And he said, do you read it? And he said, yes. And the delivery man said, you're going to be okay. Mm. And that was a word from the Lord that he said, it just lifted my spirits. I felt God was with me. 
And it was true. He saw him through. So here, here's a wonderful text, for example, Scott, that you just mentioned uh, of God being a friend of the fatherless from Psalm 68. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. Praise be to the Lord God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves. So indeed, uh, God is close to us when we are uh, in sorrow. But then what about the more complicated questions is God responsible for COVID-19? Uh, a student in one of my classes this spring, right before we locked down and sent all the students home for the rest of the semester, uh, and then we did everything online after that, of course, but one of the stu my students from Asia said that he there was a, a rumor early on as the virus was starting to spread, there was a suggestion that God sent the virus to Wuhan to punish China for persecuting the church. Um, so there again, Dave, somebody says, oh, a bad thing happened, and I know why. Uh, God planned it to punish you know, the Chinese government. But we can't say things like that. We don't know that. And anyway, since the thing didn't stay in China for long, that theory doesn't make a lot of sense anyway. Right. But yeah. we, we, we have to tread lightly. We all want to explain things. We'd all like to be able to assign a reason. But we're just not in a position to know if there's a reason, much less what it is. One of the ways I think Scripture helps us get at this idea that it's more complicated than a straight A to B to C. God sent it uh, for this reason, therefore the other. But one of the ways Scripture helps us to avoid that is to remind us that there can be multiple factors playing in to the same event. So you have the story of Joseph where right. Joseph finally says to his brothers, you know that whole business where you sold me into slavery, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That's what Romans 8 is really getting at, that God can take the evil things that aren't his best wishes for a person or for the world. It's not what he most deeply wants. Somehow it happens. Uh, he permits it, or whatever language we want to use. Right. Luther said, uh, that God does some things with his left hand, mm. not with his right hand. Yeah. But he can work good out of it. He can make good come from it. And we can believe that, I think, in the case of this upheaval. And especially you think about the racial tension and the unrest. God may bring good out of that. Pray God that he does if we actually do some things to change the injustices of our society and of the system and in our own hearts, perhaps. Uh, we'll talk more about that in another program. What we often want to know is what is God saying? Uh, is God sending us a message in all of this? And again, in a, in a blog uh, associated with Groundwork that was published this spring uh, in terms of where is God in COVID-19, uh, one of the things that, uh, that we said there was that, yeah, God is sending a message. You bet God is sending a message. He's always sending a message, and it's the gospel. <laughs> it's not the message of I'm punishing certain people. No, it's the good news that Jesus took the punishment for all sin for us. He bore our iniquities. He bore the burden. And so there is salvation available. Turn to him, repent, and salvation is available to all who come to God. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's the message we, we want to talk about. And, uh, and that's the message Jesus said. I mean, you, you talk about that incident. It's in Luke 13 where the tower falls and Jesus says, no, it was, they weren't being punished. But he adds this, unless you repent, you too will perish. Look, the message God is sending, the message Jesus is saying is, life is precarious. None of us is going to live forever. 
we may not succumb to the pandemic, but we're going to succumb to something. And now is the time to turn to the Lord, to cast ourselves upon him, to put our trust in him, all this stuff that we've been talking about, do it. You know, that's the message. And when the pandemic started, uh, an actor named John Krasinski used to play Jim on The Office for people who ever watched that show. He started an online show called Some Good News. And the idea was even during the pandemic and the lockdown, there's still some good news out there. And he would highlight these feel-good stories and creative ways in which people were managing the quarantine. Remember, even when times are hard, this is his tagline, there's always some good news. guess what? The church doesn't have some good news. We have the good news that in Jesus Christ, even in a time of pandemic, God is with us. That's the good news. That's what we proclaim. Well, thanks for listening and digging deeply into scripture with Groundwork. We're your hosts, Dave Bast with Scott Jose, and we hope you'll join us again next time as we reflect on how the events of 2020 have impacted our communal worship and how the Bible informs our faith-filled response. You can connect with us at our website, groundworkonline.com, to share what Groundwork means to you or tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about on Groundwork. Groundwork is a listener-supported program produced by Reframe Media, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Visit reframemedia.com for more information. Our recording engineer is Dodd Morris, and our post-production supervisor is John Reeder. Our content and managing producer is Courtney Jacob. <laughs>